Ali Ramji, it's a pleasure to have you on A New Normal. Thanks for taking time to join me. Um, how are you doing today? Thank you. The pleasure is all mine. It's a beautiful day. Uh, we have entered phase two, which means that people are now moving around in Toronto. Um, and you can just see the activity from our window. So what does, it's funny. So um, I guess let's start by kind of introducing McCarthy Tetro, uh, the firm that you're working with before we jump into talking about the program that you're in, because I'm really interested to hear about how uh, your lens through that program uh, is shaping and has shaped for the last couple of months uh, through this pandemic and through, you know, we'll come back to what phase two means in Toronto and in Ontario. Um, but yeah, so let's start with McCarthy, McCarthy Tetro. So tell me a little bit about the firm. So um, the firm is one of the oldest firms in Canada, if not the oldest firm in Canada. Um, about uh, 650 lawyers across the country, uh, offices in Calgary, Vancouver, Toronto, Montreal, uh, Quebec City, and then we have uh, satellite offices in uh, New York and London. So we've got a really broad depth and reach across the country and around the world. And uh, the program that I started uh, is uh, it's a new division of the firm. It's called MT Ventures, uh, and it really caters to startups. The idea is that we want to help uh, a number, a small number of startups grow and succeed in their industries. Um, so when you say a small number, I guess let's describe the program, uh, if it is a formal program or otherwise the services offered through uh, the, the kind of catch-all, uh, the division that is MT Ventures? Yeah, it's not a formal program in that, you know, we think of ourselves as a permanent accelerator, but we don't have a cohort-based program. Uh, when I say a small number, I'm looking at about 10 to 20 companies a year. And the idea is that McCarthy's wraps itself around these 10 or 20 companies a year. And so we will take the companies on, um, at any point during the year. It doesn't have to be, you know, a January start and, and, and 12 months or anything like that. We think of ourselves more of a permanent accelerator. Okay. Um, you want to be there with the lifeline of growth for these companies and help them in a long-term sense. That's right. And, and because of the breadth and depth of McCarthy's connections, McCarthy's industry knowledge, especially in retail and fintech and health tech and AI, um, and in prop tech, it only makes sense to really take on a few clients and then embed ourselves into their business, learn about their business, and then figure out what they need to grow and succeed. So, you know, a, a, a prop tech company, for example, may need connections in the uh, developer space, and we can help foster some of those connections with, uh, with, uh, group of 650 lawyers at, at our fingertips, um, we have the connections and depth of 650 lawyers. So how does McCarthy have uh, a culture of, you know, kind of this interconnectivity or acting as conduits for, uh, you know, customers? Is this taking some experience that the firm has to reformat it for a certain stage of growth in early stage companies? Um, you know, tell me a little bit about the kind of backstory or perhaps a little bit of that cultural goodwill towards forming this program from within uh, the firm itself. I think it's more than just the culture and the goodwill. I think that McCarthy's recognizes that 
uh, one of the biggest, um, you know, um, uh, features of, of a firm of this size and magnitude is the, uh, you know, industry connections that they have. And so bringing those to the forefront of any business that they work with, and you'll see, you know, a number of new companies have used this model or new incubators have used this model where they are leaning on really the connections that they have in industry already. So you'll see someone like an R Labs or an ACO um, really focusing in on um, their depth and breadth in the real estate industry. And similarly, McCarthy's has this depth and breadth in a number of different areas. And so we want to reignite the economy given the state of the world right now. We want to help smart, sophisticated entrepreneurs um, and, and give them uh, you know, uh, a step forward or a, or a push forward into growing their companies. So let's talk about, you know, not the, let's talk about the pandemic, okay? Let's, let's kind of like paint the picture of the foundation of this uh, program, MT Ventures. I guess this was uh, just a couple months. You, you started at the end of 2019, was it? Just a, a few months before this situation hit. So actually our formal launch was in, act in May of 2020. So just a few weeks ago, it's been about six weeks. And, you know, launching during a pandemic is an interesting time because, as you know, and as most entrepreneurs know, um, entrepreneurs thrive on crisis and on problems. They want to solve big problems. And we want to hold their hand or help them as they solve these big problems. And, and as you can tell from the world that we're in today, there are a number of interesting things that we need to do, not just in, you know, crisis management in, in the, in the bringing of PPE or, or contact tracing and, and things like that, but also how do we operate in this new normal and what are the ancillary services that people will need as they move forward now that we've uh, stopped now that we've gone through that emergency phase now it's a build phase for entrepreneurs and and really thinking through uh, what the world is going to look like uh, I was at an interesting talk at collision yesterday collision from home which is amazing by the way if you haven't had a chance to attend um, and one of the things that uh, was said was that there is no pre and post COVID. It's pre COVID and, you know, now, and we're going to be living with the virus or some other super bugs for, you know, the rest of our lives. And so thinking through how we're going to operate in this new normal is exactly what entrepreneurs thrive at. Well, I think that's where innovation can be born from. I don't know if entrepreneurs thrive in crisis for the sake of it, but, uh, but I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. And I think, um, I think it's interesting to, uh, to hear a little bit of perspective on your own entrepreneurial story in launching this program in this crisis. I mean, you've, you kind of, like you said, I think you were working on it from uh, before May, but it's gone live in May. Um, so it's set the tone perhaps, or the context of the pandemic has set the tone for your approach to offering value through uh, the program. What does that mean for you? Yeah, the pandemic definitely accelerated the speed at which we, we launched and, and helped us think through 
what exactly the program should look like or the, or the service offering should look like and the new division should look like. Uh, we wanted to think through, you know, what are the needs of startup founders and how we can be as founder friendly as possible. We want to work with founders. We want to make sure that their, you know, legal needs, obviously, because McCarthy's is a law firm, first and foremost, are taken care of. But with this new division, how can we make sure that their needs in operations management are supported? How can we make sure that their needs in uh, accessing capital are supported, um, accessing talent? And then, of course, finding the right advisors and mentors to uh, grow and, and help their business flourish. So uh, tell me a little bit about your legal history. Uh, you could go as far back as you'd like. But uh, let's talk about you coming to McCarthy for this purpose and, uh, and what you came with in terms of expectations and what's exciting you about this uh, position and, and this uh, MT Ventures venture. Sure. Um, so uh, grew up a lawyer, um, spent about 12 years outside of a big law firm doing everything from, you know, IP to international trade. Um, and the, my, my last um, position was at a startup called Figure One, a Toronto startup um, that is still uh, successful and, and vibrant and has actually been quite um, instrumental through the pandemic because they are looking at images of um, COVID, uh, amongst other things. They are a, a network for healthcare professionals to share medical cases. And I was there for five years. And the, the interesting and amazing thing that, that happened there is we took um, figure one from six to 196 countries. And so I love this idea of growing startups, not just in Canada, but internationally and around the world. And um, this opportunity at McCarthy's was an opportunity to build more than one startup at a time, really help uh, a good number between 10 and 20 a year uh, startups to grow and thrive um, in, in the world economy. So uh, moving from that kind of like singular focus within a com uh, company as in-house legal, working on the business side as well and growth um, to kind of like bringing that experience into an advisory capacity for the companies that you're going to be uh, including in, in the MT Ventures portfolio. Um, I guess, how do you see the need for support um, or the ability to access support within McCarthy's and from the network of clients and partners that the, the firm has, which perhaps or before coming to this program, you always craved for or wanted uh, when you were working at, at a single company? I, I think, you know, the, one, the network is incredible. The, the, I've said this before, the depth and breadth of connections that a firm like McCarthy's has is, is absolutely incredible. And in the opportunities that presents for a startup it is actually quite um, incredible. So for example, we have a company right now that was trying to um, work with different levels of corporate, uh, private corporate enterprise in, in Canada and in North America. And I can send one email at McCarthy's and say, who knows this, this top five wish list that they have? Can someone introduce us to these five companies or um, to um, this particular um, industry group that they really want to meet? And, and how, do we, how do we bridge 
that gap that they're having right now. So I think one, it's the, it's the depth of the network that is really, really interesting. And then two is that you have really smart people, smart, thoughtful people who can help solve so many different types of problems, whether it's, you know, um, something in the manufacturing chain or something in, uh, in, in mergers and acquisitions. Um, they just have really smart people who are very strategic and can come, help come up with solutions um, to the obvious problems or problems that will obviously arise in, in, a, startup's, um, in a startup's trajectory. So I, I think there's a couple of things that you mentioned there, the core concepts for me, which of course we work on every day and we help, you know, I guess develop capacity within uh, for growing teams that start well is community and collaboration. Uh, the idea that um, within an organization, you have to foster a sense of culture and community amongst your team in order to enable their, you know, success trajectory, their ability to work together well in the future as they grow as a team, but at the same time, uh, between teams and that cross-team collaboration in larger organizations and in smaller organizations between each other in an environment, of course, like our campus, where we've got you know up to 500 people every day here, which is a wealth of opportunity for people to learn from and to develop, you know, even leads and uh, potential sales opportunities or knowledge development through these interactions. Um, I think, yeah, within an organization like McCarthy, with was it 650 lawyers? Did you say? Uh, it's a huge team that's dispersed and, and definitely uh, knowledgeable in all these niche areas and experienced in working with clients in all of these experience um, in, in all these niche areas as well can help give so much value to, you know, the portfolio. So how thrilling must it be for you to act as almost like a curator of all of that knowledge and those connections within organization? Have you been spending a lot of uh, time, even though we're working remotely right now and people are getting their feet wet with figuring out office return to office scenarios. How has it been to start this program and dig at the same time into the uh, Rolodex of McCarthy's team? It's been absolutely incredible. And like you said, that collaboration is, is so fascinating. And when we take on a startup into our portfolio, we don't actually think of them as clients. We think of them as our partners. So that there really is that cross collaboration between MT Ventures and McCarthy Tetro and that particular um, startup so that, you know, we live and breathe the, the opportunities and the problems that they're facing every day. Um, and, it, and it's fascinating because we help think through um, where they should should go next or who they can reach out to next, because um, sometimes we see opportunities that they don't sometimes they see opportunities that we don't and we really want to form this this partnership with them no it's definitely exciting um so let's talk a little bit about this kind of you know phasing of the province and the city's uh return to normal or perhaps return to a new normal is that a return whatever it is whatever, whatever we call it, it. how um are you seeing as a lawyer um you know the uh, opening up of the economy, uh, rolling out over the next few months? What do you anticipate? And how does it impact the companies that you're working with? I think we're going to have to, you know, there's a lot of trial and error that's going to happen. And I think we're going to have to be very agile 
And, you know, you've probably heard this from as many people as I have, you know, we've gone through a technological revolution that should have lasted 10 years and we've done it in 10 weeks. And so I think, you know, the, the reopening of the economy is going to be quite interesting. Um, you're going to have this push and pull with people who want to work from home, for example, or who, who are very excited about returning to the office. You're going to have a number of people who, um, who, you know, are very cautious in their return to, to uh, what we call normal. And uh, there will be some people who, who will return without flinching, without even thinking about, you know, the, the, the effects of the last 10 weeks. So I think it's going to be a really interesting dynamic between um, people in different office spaces. And I think that um, creates a real opportunity to solve the problem of um, what one of the problems that I think we'll have is culture. Um, is that, you know, this culture of working from home versus working from the office? Uh, will, will there be two types of people, um, ones that do collaborate and, you know, are, are ones that, that want to be more isolated uh, or, or ones that really thrive in this idea of working online? I know that for me, I am so much more productive at home. Um, you know, it takes away the commute. It takes away, you know, the 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 walking to and from meetings, you know, I can I can keep my meetings efficient. Um, and that's something that I, I wasn't able to do at the office. So I think there will be a real um, there, there will be a real change in the way we do things. Um, and the the types of um, employees that we have. And I think that gives a number of opportunities for startups to solve those problems. Yeah, I think there's definitely been a big mix-up of staff or will be um, a lot of opportunities for staff to reconfigure. Unfortunately, a lot of people, of course, you know, became available through this period because of being furloughed and laid off and all these horrible um, forced changes in their lives. And, uh, and the hope is that there is a larger uh, ability for them to reconfigure and people to find work, of course, uh, as soon as they can. So I think there are opportunities. Definitely, I agree with you. Um, unfortunately, I think a lot of companies seem from my angle to be wanting to be able to be economically active as soon as possible. And that's a big part of this opening up is the anticipation of uh, transacting business, uh, whether people on the back end are able to or not, um, you know, restructure their organizations to be able to provide services and, and products to a market there's these questions of does the market exist and how long it'll take to come back. And I think it's going to be a process of discovery for a long time. Um, but coming back to the nature of work and the idea of physical space, um, you know, of course, something that we're anticipating is a greater want for hybrid experiences. Um, so this time of people who haven't lost their, their jobs and who have been still working and able to continue working and conduct business through, um, you know, teleconferencing and video conferencing, I think there's that greater appetite for digital experience. And at the same time, a lot of critique of current digital experiences on platforms like, you know, Zoom or Hangouts or whatever we're using for meetings. I think there's a lot of learning that's happened that people um, have had to experience because they're spending so much time online now in front of cameras like you and I are doing that like we kind of are critiquing the user interface of these products. Uh, and, and so I think there's a lot of opportunity for the evolution of these products and we're going to see rapid development 
uh, in the video conferencing sector in the next, you know, uh, forever. Um, and adoption, I, I hope, of artificial intelligence, sorry, not artificial intelligence, but um, augmented reality and virtual reality experiences to give people a physical sense of proximity uh, through digital means um, in these efficient ways. But um, also coming back to this, this note of hybrid, um, I, I'm seeing actually demand uh, evolve as things are opening up and requests are coming into us at Startwell for office space and for event space and for meeting space. People are looking to mix those functions in a way that uses physicality and um, you know, remote teams dialing in. So for us, it's something we've actually invested a lot in in the last few months is upgrading our facilities like the event studio, which I'm sitting in right now, to be able to teleconference and conduct sessions like this for anyone that's like turnkey, snap your fingers, you're on stage and you're live. Um, and then depending on what the province's restrictions are, you know, live audiences can go from 10 people to maybe 50 people, we hope, in the next few weeks. Um, and those are strong, like, intimate experiences still. That's a good group. We actually advocate for smaller groups and professional events. Um, but, uh, but I think also on the, on the workspace question, uh, I think there's a need that people are discovering for greater flexibility in where they choose to do their work. And I personally, I despise the uh, dichotomy that has emerged of work at home versus the office. And it's kind of like a, multi, uh, a mass media rhetoric, um, you know, that gets propagated because it's an easy concept to articulate in a magazine article. But there's a need for tertiary spaces. And, and this is about uh, social beings existing peacefully, right? We need that, and in part, depending on your job, the office was that perhaps. Um, and a lot of, you know, digital companies will feel that way uh, when you go to the office and there's fun things to do uh, in the office. It's not just about uh, banging through your task list. Um, but that's something that we hope to provide, you know, a space for, uh, for early stage companies is this idea of the tertiary space. Uh, and, you know, if you can't make it into the office because there's a co-working facility closer to home and you need to get out of the house because, uh, you've got children at home or whatever. Um, you know, I think that's something that at least Canadians and Torontonians will start demanding a bit more is the ability to choose where they want to work. I, I agree. And, and, you know, one of the things that I like about a space like yours is that um, I can be confident that um, I know, you and I both know who's been in that space. Whereas right. if I go and work at a coffee shop now, which was, would have been my go-to, um, I, I might not be as confident about has that place, has that space been cleaned? Um, how often is that space being cleaned? How often are people using that space? And so with something like Startwell, I can be a little more confident in leaving home or leaving my office to work in some kind of tertiary space. Yeah. And it's interesting because we're also seeing there's that idea of control, which you totally hit the nail on the head um, and, uh, and, and security in that. And, uh, and also retail experience. Like we have a lot of people who um, have become members and have existed as corporate members of ours that see value in a tertiary space that can give them utility that in some cases like this pandemic experience, you just can't have. So uh, retail experience right on the streetcar when you can't go up to your 50th floor office because it'll take too long to wait for an elevator or, you know, um, whatever the case may be. So walking straight in from the street into a door off the streetcar is a nice smooth experience. Right. Um, so I think 
it's interesting for us because we're seeing this kind of like awakening of a mindset where people are saying, I can actually choose how I want to work and where I want to work. And uh, so that's exciting. I think it's very exciting. Um, I, I look forward to what you uh, end up doing with your spaces. And, uh, and I know that they have been occupied throughout the pandemic, um, which, is, which is very um, interesting. And, um, and I, I can only imagine how, how happy you are about that. Well, yeah, I mean, as an independent operator, of course, it's been difficult, as, as any entrepreneur will, will attest to, uh, to keep, you know, business open, keep our doors open has been not only just, you know, mentally fatiguing uh, and emotionally fatiguing to work through this pandemic period of saying, you know, what's safe and how do I ensure that uh, I'm not only guaranteeing my, um, you know, the people that come in, our customers, guests, members, uh, a safe environment to do their work in. But how do I add value in a way that we're always used to when there's so much fear and anxiety floating around? For me, that's been the number one goal is to make sure that we're mitigating um, the stress that people come through the door with. So right. as soon as they come here, they can relax and do their work. And I think it's actually, it's been difficult to, to work through this period, but it's, it's given so much knowledge back uh, into you know, best practice for us to employ uh, to keep doing that kind of a thing, because I think there'll be a larger need for it. Um, and reasons for forming, you know, there's two things in, in fact that are going to get officially announced next week. But, um, you know, we have our medical advisory panel, which is a, a network that we've built of doctors in the city um, that all work with virtual medicine and have been before the pandemic, uh, whether they're testing new platforms uh, or evolving the um, OTN, the Ontario Telemedicine Network itself. Um, and so we're working with them to advance what a co-working model for telemedicine looks like and, uh, you know, evolve a kind of a future medicine practice where if doctors just need to, you know, whether it's just doing triage work or otherwise um, dial in to do their work and interface with patients, they still need community. They still need the value of a, of a comfortable workday uh, and the security of knowing that uh, they're conducting business not in their home. Uh, and, uh, and in a professional environment. And then the second thing that we're doing, which we'll get announced soon, is the um, futurist residency. So I've uh, created a futurist's residency at Startwell, where we've um, partnered up with a chap named Nick Badminton, uh, who's a speaker, a futurist, a researcher, author. And um, he's now uh, working from our campus and developing a kind of... Um, a program which is an open door concept for futurists in general in Canada. And it's a first of its kind program where uh, people whose career it is to look into the future by analyzing uh, technological evolution and societal change, um, you know, and, and they're commercially engaged in this every single day. Uh, they'll have a place now for the first time ever in Canada to come together and work together and concert their visions for the future. Um, which I think is really, really exciting because whether it's a pandemic or anything else that we don't expect, I think not being able to expect these things is often cases about uh, just tunnel vision and about doing our thing every day. So if we can break out of that as an organization and then feed that back into our community, um, I think it's a really exciting uh, concept. Yeah, I, I'm excited to see both of those programs in action and I, I look forward to hearing more about their launches next week. So tell me a little bit before we wrap, uh, I know we both have to jump on other things, but the, tell me a little bit about 
the program and how people can kind of interface with it, how they can reach out to you, what the benefit is of participation if they're interested. Um, let's just throw something out there to our community who may be watching this. Sure. So um, obviously you can reach out directly to me, um, aramji at mtventures.ca. Um, I am constantly uh, meeting new companies and, and meeting really exciting entrepreneurs. So I'm happy to chat with anyone from your community as well. Um, I think that the program really just helps startups, uh, C to series B startups, grow and and uh, realize new opportunities and overcome obstacles. Now to that end, um, it may be worth just touching very quickly on um, how McCarthy and how you through the, the kind of program are um, adept at helping companies of that growth stage negotiate the choppy waters uh, ahead because, you know, it's a really interesting time if your company was on a you know, a post seed uh, trajectory to keep raising, raising, raising capital until you go public with the uncertainty in public markets um, and, uh, and, you know, the end goal being questionable these days. I think having expertise of people who've been through this and coached teams and given legal advice to them uh, would be totally beneficial. And, and maybe there's something you can speak to that. Sure. So our team is not just legal advice. So le uh, lawyers, it's both lawyers and business people. So we we actually have a team of advisors who will come come in and help some of our companies in specific spaces, whether it's uh, people operations, whether it's uh, uh, access to capital or raising capital, or really going from idea to commercialization. And so we we have you know experts in the areas who work with our companies and who think through some of the, the choppy waters, as you say, um, with our companies. Like I said before, we really want to partner and feel like a partner with the organization, not just a service provider. Excellent. Well, it was a pleasure uh, taking a little bit of time to hear about this new program, about McCarthy's kind of embrace uh, or formal embrace of uh, supporting early stage ventures. I think it's really, really exciting. Um, and I'm happy to hear that this all came together to kind of like launch during the pandemic because um, it's a good sign to see that, you know, uh, larger organizations who are professional organizations are, um, are kind of digging into the uncertainty uh, and providing value uh, amidst it. Uh, so I'm really, really excited to see what comes out of your program. And I hope to have you on again, uh, you know, in the next few months to see how things have been evolving a little bit. I, I look forward to it and I wish you much success in, in the next few weeks and months of Startwell. Um, I, I see uh, very interesting things happening there. Thanks, Elliot. It was a pleasure. You as well. Talk to you soon.